Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play Podcast. Today, joined by Leo, Florida man himself. How you doing? What's up, man? You know, trying to deal with staying inside still. I know. I'm hoping NBA will come back soon, though. I know you saw that news recently. Yep. I, I think last night they said that they're building momentum, so I'm hoping for that, man, because I've been bored as shit. I think they're all, everything's going to come back soon. Uh, and speaking of sports, today we're going to be breaking down, uh, we're going to start a new series where we start breaking down uh, each uh, division we're going to take a look at in the NFL, uh, and we're going to rank uh, certain things. Head coach, offensive talent minus the quarterback, defensive talent, quarterback talent. Uh, we're going to go through the Vegas win-losses and then our own win-loss projections. We're going to do that uh, for every single division. Um, that's about eight weeks worth. We're going to hit through, and then by then, hopefully, we have a little movement on the NFL, uh, and we'll finalize all these. But this is our first taste in, first lesson learned, and we're going to start with uh, some of the original teams uh, that drove, uh, drove the a uh, NFL, uh, and that's the NFC North. We're going to start in the frozen tundra of the North. Um, this division... Uh, probably had a lot of fraudulent marks last year. Uh, has one has had one of the most tumultuous off seasons, um, and then as well has two huge question marks with the back end. Uh, let's go ahead and start though. We're going to start with the head coaching ranks in the NFC North. Leo, how do you have these teams broken down? I actually have them broken down in the exact order that they finished last year. Uh, I have Matt LaFleur. I got him number one. Uh, I think he showed you last season. His first season as a head coach, he goes 13-3. and three. Um, That Packers team, I thought the talent on the team was okay. You know, I didn't think that they had 13-3 and three talent. But I guess that speaks to how good of a coach Matt LaFleur was last season because he, you know, he got them 13 wins. They ended the season on a five-game winning streak. So, I mean, if you go 13-3, and three, you get a first-round bye. Uh, actually, did, did they end up with the first-round bye? Yeah. How much? Okay, yeah, I thought so. So you, you, you go 13-3, and three, you get the first-round bye. I, I got to put you number one. Uh, second, I have Mike Zimmer. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, uh, also a playoff team. They went ten and six last year. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if I believe in them for this upcoming season, but I think you got to put Zimmer top, top two in the division, uh, and then the bottom two. I, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I, I guess for, for conversation's sake, I'll go Bears and then Lions, uh, but I don't believe in Matt Patricia and. I can't even remember the Bears coach's name right now, so that tells you what I think about him. Uh, well, you know, the Bear. The funny thing about the Bears is they've gone through um, many, I'd say, unsuccessful head coaches. Same problem with the Lions. Uh, Matt Nagy is currently the head coach. Um, well, I was, Nagy, yeah, I was higher on him earlier uh, when he came in and after year one. Um, I'm not as hard on him because I think he was saddled with dog shit. Uh, I'll say my head coaching ranks. I have the Vikings number one. I like Mike Zimmer. This is a perennial playoff team. Uh, one thing that he does that I think goes underlooked, uh, they are always competitive. No, they do not press over the top. They're just a very vanilla team. Uh, but there's, it seems like they handle uh, like the uh, – taking a look at the situation that happened with Stefan Diggs and – how it was handled and while we knew there were things going on it never really felt like it destroyed the locker room 
You know, they were always competitive. They had this going on. I think they kept it as quiet as they could, and then they moved it immediately. I see a team with a clear direction, uh, and, and I put a lot of that on the head coach. Number two for me is LaFleur. He got knocked down in my list because of the handling of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think 13-3 and three was very fraudulent, but I think this, yeah, there is a lot of talent on this team, and he obviously utilized it. Uh, and then number three for me, uh, is Matt Nagy. I really like Matt Nagy. If you go two years ago, they, you know, there were a double doink away in Philly from losing. Uh, I mean, against Philly uh, from you know, losing. I just think Mitchell Trubisky is a terrible, terrible quarterback. And he, the front office, is putting him in a bad position. And then uh, the last on my list is uh, Matt Patricia, who puts the team in a bad position. Uh, he's never won anything. He acts like he's won multiple Super Bowls as a head coach. Uh, his players don't buy into a system, and there's no clear direction. So, uh, you know, I have no clue what, what to think of them. Uh, you know, I, I think you might have a point on Nagy. Uh, he might not be a bad coach. Looking at the numbers right now, it looks like the Bears gave up the least amount of points in the division last year. But they scored the least by a good margin. They, they were in last place behind the Lions in the division by a good looks like 61 points for the season if, if they could get that quarterback situation figured out then yeah i could see i could see Nagy being up there i guess we can't really judge him yet until he has a real quarterback see that's the hard thing to do uh he just doesn't how do you score less than the lions when the lions didn't have a quarterback that's how bad your quarterback play is uh right. flipping over and and as we we dive through these teams uh the offensive talent for me i'll lead this list off uh, the team with the best offense uh, is the Vikings. Um, they've got, they had three All Stars. Now they're down to two with Dalvin Cook and Thielen. Um, they still have Rudolph at tight end. Uh, this is a deep team. They have, really, I like what they do. Their offensive line is pretty good. It's not terrible. It's not great, but it's it's steady. You know, with with uh, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. Uh, we'll see what their young wide receivers do that they drafted. Um, they got Justin Jefferson, so we'll you know we'll see. But I, I really like um, I really like what this team has done offensively. I like their depth. Uh, they are you know uh, for me this is the best team offensively in the NFC North and, and one of the top five offensive talent teams in the NFL. Okay. I think, you know, I think that the Packers are the best. I think the Packers have the best offensive talent in the division, and I think that the numbers on the surface don't reflect that because they did score less points in the regular season than the Vikings last year. But I, I think that has more to do with Green Bay's offensive approach. I mean, I know the Vikings have a similar approach where they want to run, run, play action. Uh, and let Kirk do his thing off the play action. But I thought for having similar approaches, I, I liked what Green Bay did more last year than I liked what, what Minnesota did. Green Bay is number two on my list. And, the, you know, I look at their talent. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, you've got two high-end weapons. My problem is after that, you didn't really add anything and you don't have anything. When Devontae Adams was out last year, the cupboard was bare. They were, they were relying on uh, Alan Lazard, Jake Kumaro, uh, 
Marquise Valdez, Scantling, just players that you're never going to get top end production out of. And, and and that was my big thing. Now their offensive line is great. David Bakhtiari, uh, you don't even have to worry about that left side with him in there. Uh, they have a good they have a good rotational um, offensive line. They don't really have anybody at right tackle right now. You know they're going to have to figure that out. Uh, but to me, I've got the Bears second. I mean, I got the Packers second, and then third, I've got the Bears. I think the Bears actually have some offensive talent. There's no way to show it though because the entire quarterback yeah, right. situation. Yeah, no, I like Allen Robinson. I like uh, I like Burton. I like um, uh, they got Cohen, David Montgomery. They have some pieces. There. They've got they pieces. Don't have anyone to get the ball to the pieces. They've got Allen, Cordell Patterson, Ted Ginn. They've got weapons. Uh, you know, from a running back perspective, they've got Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery. That's one of the most dynamic backfields. Here's your problem, and we'll get to it. You have no one to facilitate that offense. And then the last team in that division for me is the Detroit Lions. What are we doing here? Your wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr., Danny Amendola. Okay. You know, B minus is a crew, maybe C plus. Tight end Hawkinson. Hawkinson had great moments at the beginning of the year, then kind of faded away. That could have been with uh, Stafford. The offensive line is a bit of a mess. They've got some, uh, they've got some standing pieces, but uh, I, I just don't see on this team where they push it over the top. So those are my. Th- that's how I have these teams ranked: Vikings one, Packers two, Bears three, Lions four. What do you got? I think for me it's going to be Packers 1, Vikings 2. <clears throat> Between the Lions and the Bears, it's interesting because I think the difference is there's the, a lot of the difference is the quarterback. Um, I, I like Marvin Jones, and I like, I like Kenny Galladay. I really like Kenny Galladay. I wish he was somewhere where he could shine more consistently. Uh, I liked Carrion Johnson last year in his rookie year, and they went out and got DeAndre Swift. Uh, that being said, I, I guess I still have to put them last in the division because the Bears still have them beat with more proven talent. Yep. Um, one thing about the Vikings, though, I, I want to expand on my reasoning for liking the, the Packers offense better than the Vikings offense. It's just I feel like the Vikings offense isn't very explosive, right? And the explosiveness that they did have was Stephon Diggs, and they got rid of him. Now they replaced. I, I guess they're going to replace him with Justin Jefferson from LSU, but he's a rookie, and as, we, as we've talked about in the last couple weeks, you're really hoping that this guy pans out. You don't know. They also signed uh, Tajay Sharp from the Tennessee Titans, who's a possession receiver. Uh, so I, I don't see where they got the explosiveness that they lost in Diggs. And for an offense whose only pop was Diggs and Cook, now you take Diggs out of the equation. Where does that leave the Vikings? You know, are they gonna are they gonna thirteen play drive their way down the field every time? Because Thielen, I think, is more of a, a possession receiver than an explosive receiver. So where are they gonna get those big plays from? I think that their offense is going to revolve around controlling the ball, moving forward with it, um, and, and and I do believe that without Diggs demanding, I I think that team is gonna move towards a possession style. Uh, offense. I think it's going to be controlled. They're going to try to control the clock. They're going to play good defense. They drafted 17 fucking players. Uh, you know, they're going to be a hold the ball, 
controlled passing with Rudolph and Thielen, and then run the ball with Cook. Um, I think they're going to be, I think they continue down that path. I, I didn't really like Stefanski in that offense. I don't like Stefanski as a head coach either. Um, but from a top-end talent perspective, you know, I, I also trust the Vikings when it comes to drafting. They, they, they've done really well. Uh, they, they draft positionally they've drafted some good players you know Diggs, Thielen and Cook so and I think Cook's an all-star so I, I think this is a team that goes to a run heavy approach that cuts you up with middle of the field passing uh and then when they need to they'll use Justin Jefferson on the outside but you know we'll see right if Justin Jefferson turns out to be what they want him to be and what he was for Burrow at LSU then I guess they'll be fine Yep. But they really need that pick to pan out because they're gonna have trouble moving the ball around the field if if teams are keying in on on Dalvin Cook. You know, I like Thielen, but I don't think Thielen's gonna break the game open. You know, especially without someone on the other side taking attention. No, and we'll see. It's it was a weird year for the Vikings, uh, and and we kind of round it out here with with defense, right? So when we're looking at defense on these teams, this is actually a pretty strong division when it comes to defense. Uh, Besides the Lions, who don't really do anything right at all, I mean, I, who's your one seed here when it comes to defense? I I gotta go with the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings, I think they have the you know they have a complete defense. They gave up the least amount of points in the division last year. I don't really see any reason why that would change. Um, they did add Jeff Gladney in the draft. At, if you listen to previous episodes, you know how big of a fan I was of Jeff Gladney. Um, so, yeah, I got them first. I got the Packers second. Uh, the Lions have to be last because they gave they gave up over 100 points more than the next team in the division last season, which is crazy considering that Patricia is supposed to be a defensive coach. So what the hell are they doing over there? Well, um, here's a big problem with that. He, he, you can be a defensive coach. The problem is he's a head coach. And you can't do both. <laughs> you can, you know, right. head coaches that go, oh, I call the plays. That's a lot different than installing the offense and getting it tuned up every week. Same thing on defense. It's just tough. You can't do both. You know what? I had a change of heart mid-conversation. The Vikings aren't number one for me. The Bears are going to be the number one defense for me. There you go. They, their defense doesn't give up much, and their issue is just that they can't score points. So, yeah, I'm going to go. The, the Bears, they got the pass rush. They got the linebackers. They, they got whatever you need over there. So I, I guess my order is going to be uh, Chicago, then Minnesota, then Green Bay, then uh, a, chair. Uh, a chair. I got some, some grass clippings, and then I got the Lions. My list is somewhat similar. I have the Bears one. I just think uh, their pass rush is overwhelming. They've got a good linebacker core. Uh, the pass rush does mask some of the back end issues, but it doesn't really matter. The back end's strong enough. Uh, to me, my number two is the uh, my number two is the Packers. I think they got to the quarterback more than anybody else last year. They had an incredible duo up front. The back yeah, ends the Smith a little, brothers were killing killing it. Uh, they they've got a lot of talent back there. Um, that was a pretty good defense at times. Uh, I did think it was a little flimsy, and the only reason I don't have them higher, and I think that by the end of the year the Vikings will be a better defense, is the Vikings are going to rely on a lot of new pieces, a lot of new pieces. Um, Rhodes, who was there for a long time, is now out. Um, 
he for a lot of he for a lot of his career was someone they turned to. Uh, they're going to turn to a rookie. They've got, I think, uh, yeah. You talk about Jeff Gladney's in there. Anthony Harris, uh, Harrison Smith. They've they've got good players on the back end. Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr. Uh, this this is a, a a stout team. It's really going to depend on these rookies that they stacked everywhere. I mean, they drafted a rookie for each position on defense. Uh, they've added some talent. They added Michael Pierce from Baltimore. Um, I'll tell you this. I was supremely disappointed with how Michael Pierce played last year. Uh, he is a big body, but he could have taken it to the next level. He just doesn't work hard. He showed up hugely overweight for practice, um, and they actually had to sit him for multiple weeks because it was unhealthy for him to practice. Uh, but if the rest of that off- defense comes around, I think that's I think that that could be a team that pushes the Bears there. So I'm very similar. Um, flipping over to the thing that matters the most in in the NFL is quarterback, and I think this is where the division just separates itself. I think the most talented quarterback in this division is Aaron Rodgers. I think uh, when he cares, he's an incredible player, and I think is a big reason why they went 13 and three last year. Um, after that, I, yeah, go ahead. I don't think that there's an argument for Aaron Rodgers. Like he's clearly the best quarterback in the division. Yep. I'm curious who you have number two because I think that our answers are going to be very different. I think my I, so here's my number two. My number two is Kirk Cousins, uh, and my number two is is my number two for this reason. Um, go back and look how many times any other quarterback. So uh, let me tell you this: Would you rather have a perfectly healthy Matt Stafford or a perfectly healthy Kirk Cousins? I'm taking Matt Stafford. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Matt Stafford, and that's what I was going to say was going to shock you. That I have Matt Stafford being the second-best quarterback in the division. But, you know, let's pull it up real quick. How many years has Matt Stafford played a full 16 games? You know? Uh, that's see. that's my problem. Keep talking. I'll get you the numbers. So, you know, when I look at this division, I go, okay, uh, what Kirk Cousins now, mind you, has not missed a game. Not at all. Not for the Redskins. Not for the Vikings. He plays. He's durable. And that means a lot to me when I'm ranking quarterbacks. I'm not talking about talent. I'm saying we're playing 16 fucking games. Who's going to win more of them? The guy who's playing or the guy who never can play? So I don't know about Stafford coming off of another back injury. Every year you get older, back injuries do not get better. And then I don't have a fourth place team for a quarterback in this division. (laughs) I I don't think it's fair. I have a fifth place team. I've got Nick Foles at fifth. But the, I do not put Mitchell Trubisky on this list. And that's no disrespect for him. That's an honest evaluation. He is not a quarterback. He's not. I, I, I don't know why people think he could be a quarterback. We have never seen him be a good quarterback. So I'm not being disrespectful. I'm literally telling you what it is. There, they are, there is no fourth-place quarterback. There is a fifth place in Nick Foles, and that's the end of it. If Nick Foles gets hurt, which he's prone to do as well, they don't have a quarterback, and accordingly, they will waste another year of a top five defense. So Matt Stafford numbers, I pulled them up while you were going there. Uh, it, the Matt Stafford, he's got a, a reputation for being banged up all the time and and you know missing time. But before last season, he had not missed a game since 2010, according to Pro Football Reference. We got 16 games from 2011 all the way to 2018, and then he was hurt last year. 
He was also hurt in 2010 and 2009, where he didn't finish either season. And I, I think he might be playing, but it's one of those he's always on the injury list. And then right, I'll, right. I'll point this out, Ben. If he is playing, how come they ain't making any playoffs ever? Well, I mean, they do suck. Uh, that's I, got something to do with it. I think a good quarterback, though, should be able to put you in the playoffs at some point, right? Like, I just don't think that's out of line to go a bad quarterback, a good quarterback with a bad team can still occasionally work its way into the playoffs. I, I, you know, I, Stafford for the whole missing game thing, yeah, last year was big. But it is a fact that he's always on the injury report. And it's always a neck. And he's a gamer and he plays through and he knows it. But I, for me, I just want a guy I know I can count on. I know what I'm getting with Kirk Cousins. Um I, you know, and it wasn't like Matthew Stafford had all those years of uh, Calvin Johnson. They had weapons at times. Still couldn't punch a ticket. Uh, with Kirk Cousins, they've gone to playoffs every year, and I think they've won a playoff game every year. They beat the Saints two years in a row. So, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I I'm gonna stick with Stafford for my number two ranking. Uh, last year, just to show his importance to the team, last year when when he played, they went three, four, and one. Not a great record, obviously. We don't need to go too far into that. But they lost every single game after he got hurt. Yep. So you know they were playing at about a 500 level when he was there. They played like the worst team in the league when he left. So well, I, you know I, I'm gonna stick with Stafford there. I think if he could just be out there that I like him over Cousins. I don't like Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins, uh, he has more weapons right now, first of all, because if you give Stafford, Diggs, and Thielen, I, I think if you put Stafford on the Vikings, they would they would be just fine. They might actually have gone further than they did last year. I think, they, I think that's probably true. Um, my thing all comes down to durability. And, and, you know, for all the Kirk Cousins can't win a big game, I think he's got multiple playoff wins. So, uh, you know, against teams that were seated higher, um, you know, that, 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 that's where we split it. So I guess you're rounding out your list with uh, Cousins is three, and then who do you got for the Bears, right? Uh, I guess. I yeah. mean, if, if someone has to qualify for fourth, I'll give it to the Bears. But Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, like, what are you going to do with that? You know, Cam Newton would have been cheap and would have would have made the NFC North the toughest division in football if they would have done the right thing and signed Cam Newton. And for everyone out there who wants to go, well, they, Cam Newton wasn't released when they traded for Nick Foles. Your fucking job is to be tuned in to the other NFL teams. Just want to put that out there. As a front office, your fucking job is to find out what everyone else is fucking thinking. And you mean to tell me that everything was going on with Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, and you fucking traded for Nick Foles? You traded for Nick Foles. You gave up you gave up a, a an asset for someone who, I'll be honest, I would take Andy Dalton, Jameis, or Cam Newton over him. And Cam Newton, Jameis signed for a million bucks. Uh, get out. He's going to be laughing all the way to the bank for a while off of that Super Bowl run. He's the new Sam Bradford. He's just obsessed with something you saw a brief glimpse of. But get over it. Can you even understand that trade? I, it, I still don't get it. Why would you let the Jaguars off the hook and trade them a fourth-round pick? 
to get Nick Foles? Like, why? Uh, can you make it make sense? Because it didn't make sense at the time. It doesn't make sense now. I don't get it. Yeah, I'll walk you through it. Uh, bad, you know, dumb teams do dumb things. Uh, it's just, it's people want like more than that. It's just what it is. Why did you draft Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes? Well, you're an idiot. Uh, congrats. Uh, why did you then screw up your quarterback room? You know, the truth is they wanted to bring someone in that would push Trubisky, but not threaten him. Okay. That's the issue here. You again, push yourself up and lose though. Yes. You want to know why? Because you're terrified of being wrong. You know how that GM keeps his job? He goes, Mitch, we're bringing in competition. Cam Newton, welcome. Andy Dalton, welcome. Jameis Winston, welcome. Here's your competition, Mitch. You've got to beat these three fuckers. Oh, you can't? Too bad. Because the only thing we don't have is a quarterback. And if we add that, we're a playoff team. And no one fires a GM of a playoff team. The problem is your pride got in the fucking way. Because you you know, you know, did assemble some good pieces as a GM. But you missed the biggest one. You're playing a game of chess and you look down at your board and you go, I got no king. Well, you lose. Game's over. It all revolves around the king. You don't have a king, you don't play the game. And that's where they're at. That's where they've gotten to. And instead of bringing a king in like a league MVP... They brought in Nick Foles and an albatross contract that they're going to be stuck with for two years. Congrats. Dumb teams do dumb things. You watch it in the Jordan doc. How come Jerry Krause assembled all that talent? He scouted Phil Jackson. He scouted fucking Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant. He made the move to bring in Rodman, and he got Michael Jordan. And then what did he do? He let his pride get in the way and ruined the whole fucking thing. That's what's happening in Chicago, and it's a case on human study, and it's something you watch and something I take into evaluations when I do win-loss record. If the team in the front office can't make the right decision, then how the fuck do you think the product's going to look? So I, I came up on a little nugget that might help bring us some insight on why they did this, besides the fact that they're just not doing a good job in management. <clears throat> So we all remember full Super Bowl run with the Eagles two years ago. Yep. Um, it looks like in week 16 of that epic run that the, the Eagles went on, they played the Bears. And in that game, Foles went 21 for 25 with 230 yards, two touchdowns, and a 131.7 passer rating. He then went on one of the hottest runs we've seen and won the Super Bowl. And then last year got hurt and didn't really play. So I'm sure that Bears management is thinking of that 21 for 25 for 230 and two touchdowns followed by the Super Bowl and just going, yes, that's our guy. We need him. The biggest the problem. last time we saw him, yeah. he kicked our ass. The, the big problem for me, though, is Nick Foles lost the job to Minshew after he came back healthy. And, and he lost the locker room to, Nick, to uh, Minshew. And I think that was the biggest thing. Um, now that locker room is yeah, an absolute kind of mess. Me. I, I'm not a I'm not a Nick Foles fan, so don't don't take it as me being a Nick Foles fan. But that was weird to me because Nick Foles goes down in week one, right? When he goes down with that collarbone injury, he's going down fresh off of a deep ball to DJ Chark for a touchdown. Yeah, he was playing pretty well to start that game. He was, but I feel like that the hype around Minshew got so crazy that they. They just said, nah, the fans love this guy. We're just going to ride with this guy and not pay this guy the, the 80-some million guarantee that he got. I, I, look, he could turn out to be a good quarterback. He'll beat Mitch out. Mitch, uh, I don't think Mitch plays most of the year. 
and then we'll see after that. Uh, he, you know, I'm, I'm just not a huge believer in Nick Foles. I think he went on a hot run. I think we've seen quarterbacks go on hot runs. Joe Flacco is the poster boy for hot runs. Um, but it, I, I just don't see it. So, you know, we'll, we'll move it along. Now we get into the fun part, right? This is betting. This is my wheelhouse. The Vegas win-loss over-unders. So, let's start out with the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers have a Vegas win-loss total of nine. Nine. Now, last year they won 13. Like I said, it's very difficult for teams to ebb and flow more than four wins in a season, minus a quarterback or head coaching change. There is no quarterback or head coaching change. So, I think it's a little weird to drop this line from to nine when they won 13 games a year before. How many wins do you see the Packers getting? schedule right now it looks like the beginning of their schedule starts off a little tough before it it eases up at the end of the season they start off with the vikings and saints within the first three weeks of the season then they get the bucks texans vikings it's going to be a tough road for them i could see why the the projected win loss would be at nine but I'm going to go above that number. I'm going to say they at least get the double digits. I'm going to go 11-5. and five. A, a slight regression. Maybe Rodgers isn't as into it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe in, in LaFleur's second year, people start to figure some things out. But I still think they're going to be successful. So I'm going to go with 11-5. and five. Yeah, so, you know, for me, the Packers do. They've, they've played the Saints, the Vikings. They're obviously a division. They've got the Bucks, which is a big game. If you split with the Vikings, which they'll probably do regardless, you've got two games against the Lions you'll most likely win, and two games against the Bears you'll most likely win, which gets you to five. You're going to play teams this year like the Falcons. They play the Jaguars. They've got the Colts on the schedule. Um, They've got the Panthers. Uh, You know, I think there's some easy wins, and then those tough wins, they've just got to figure out how to uh, get 500 on them. I think it dropped from 13 down to nine just to push would be a dramatic fall. Uh, I have them at 10 wins this year. And again, with the Vegas with the Vegas totals, I think if you're looking to make a bet, I think nine is a pretty good bet. I would wait to see how the season approaches and, and, and get as much info on Aaron Rodgers before you make your move. But that's something to keep an eye on. Saying that the team would lose four more games still gets you a push, and I like that just on math. Uh Next team in that division will go through the Vikings. The Vikings have a win-loss record of 8.5. I have them at projected to win this division and end with 11 wins. I think they're going to have, at the end of the year, a top 10, and top, top 10 offense and top 10 defense. I think that's going to do wonders for them. They don't have to play the best teams in each division. They're just going to get to play... Um, they're just going to get to play the second place teams. A uh, little walk through their schedule. First four weeks or uh, first five weeks are a little bit of a murderer's row. They're going to go. They play the, the Packers, then the Colts, then the Titans, then the Texans, then the Seahawks. I still think that's tough. it is tough, but I think you you probably are going to they they're a team that's going to match up well with the Titans because you guys are going to want to be doing the exact same thing the whole game. So that's going to be an end right. up. That's going to be a coin flip. I think they can take it to the Texans. I think they can take it to the Colts. 
Um, and it's at home versus the Packers. So, you know, it's at home versus the Titans as well. I think that'll give them a little bit of an edge. But after that, it opens up a little bit. They're going to play the Vi- they're going to play the Falcons. Then they're going to play the Packers again, and that's it. They'll be done with the Packers for the rest of the season. That's big because then you're going to get the Lions, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Panthers, the Jaguars. The- they could run off five wins in a row there, and you're going to end with the Bucks, the Bears, the Saints, and the Lions. I think this is a ten-win team somewhat casually and to get a vegas line of eight and a half to me is a little bit of a steal where are you at yeah i'm I'm pretty much with you on that i i have them finishing about the same as last year uh off quick glance and zero in-depth analysis of the schedule i i have them at about nine or ten wins uh, so, yeah, I could see them challenging for the division. I, I still think that this is going to be the Packers' division to lose, but I have it shaken out a lot like last year. I actually got closer than last year. Uh, I think Green Bay is going to be around, you know, 10, 11 wins, and the Vikings should be around 9 or 10 as well. So, you know, it might come down to those last couple weeks. And given how you just said this schedule softens up towards the end of the year, they could end up in that 10, 11, 12 win range. And that's and I think at eight and a half, there's some good value there. I actually really love that eight and a half line. Um, next team in that division, and I'm I'm going off of uh, uh, kind of where I think these teams will end up at the end of the year. The next one's the Lions. Uh, so without me telling you, where do you think the Lions win losses? Uh, Vegas win loss. Yep. Uh, let's see. They were what. 13, 12, and 1 last year. They didn't do too much in the offseason. They get Stafford back. Uh, I'm going to say Vegas with Stafford back is going to give them six wins. Six wins. Vegas has them at six and a half. Right okay. on the money. Uh, you walk through the Detroit Lions schedule. They, they're in a, you know, they're going to get, here's what their problem is. They're going to play the third place teams of a lot of, or the fourth place teams of some of these divisions. And the problem is, while that's going to give you um, teams like the Redskins, it's also going to give you the Cardinals. And the Cardinals are going to be a much better team this year. You know, the Lions, just to walk you through real quick, here's who they're playing Bears, obviously twice, obviously Vikings twice, Packers twice. That's tough. That's tough to just split, you know. <laughs> that would be a them splitting would be a huge improvement. They're going to have to play the Cardinals. They're going to get easy wins against uh, easy opponents in the Jags and the Redskins, but they're going to play the AFC South again, which is going to give them teams like the Texans and the Titans and the Colts. They're going to play uh, the AFC uh, NFC South, so they get the the loaded Bucks and Saints, and then they've got to duke it out with a Panthers team that probably is going to be right in the same boat as they are and then they get to they get to kind of fly under with the falcons and we never know what we're going to get there I, I i have them if stafford's healthy all year long i have them at six wins so the vegas over under six and a half i really like because all it takes is stafford to get a little dinged up and that'll sink it yeah i'm gonna be interested this season to see first of all if stafford can stay healthy for the whole year but if he can, I want to see what effect that has on the offense. Because like we were saying earlier, they by far scored the least amount of points uh, in the division last year. And playing teams like Green Bay, uh, Arizona, New Orleans, 
the Falcons, the Colts with Rivers, the Vikings. Like, you got to score points if you're going to beat these teams. Can they score those points? You know, they added, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but they added DeAndre Swift back there out of Georgia to help Stafford out a little bit. Uh, so maybe Hawkinson develops a little bit. We already know what we have from Jones and, and Galladay. But maybe, you know, if, if the offense can take a, a swing upwards, then maybe they, they could have a shot at seven, eight wins. But I'm, I'm going with six. Six. I'm going with six because they have some games against the Jaguars, the Redskins. There's a couple gimmies in there. Yep. And then last on the list is the Bears. Now, Vegas has the Bears at eight wins. Now, I'm going to be honest. If it's Mitchell Trubisky in there, I believe they're a four-win team with Mitchell Trubisky. I believe the morale of watching him go out there, which we saw at times last year, just drags the whole team into the doldrums. Um, If Nick Foles is starting, I think this could be a nine-win team, and I, I do not like Nick Foles a lot. That's how fucking bad Mitchell Trubisky is. Having a quarterback that can throw the ball is a huge asset to the quarterback position. So uh, I have the Bears at four wins with Trubisky and eight to nine with Foles. And the Vegas win-loss is eight, which is going to be something to keep an eye on uh, because... Don't be surprised if Mitchell Trubisky starts week one and week two and they get boat raced or, or they here here be the worst case scenario for the Bears if you're a Bears fan. Oh, God, I looked at their schedule. This is perfect. So what's going to happen here is Mitchell Trubisky is going to start the year and they're going to play the Lions and they're going to win. Then the Giants come into town and they're going to beat them too. Then they're going to have an upset loss against the Falcons. And they're going to somehow lose to the Colts, the Bucks in a row, and they're going to be two and three. And after the hot start, they're going to be looking at Foles if he takes another loss, and the Panthers come into town. And that's just the team they need to get healthy. They'll be three and three looking down the barrel of a run to go against the Rams, the Saints, the Titans, the Vikings, the Packers. And that's when the season will fall off the wagon. They could lose all five of them, insert Nick Foles at some point, but the morale might already be shot. I just see this as a poor-run organization that will make the wrong move at every turn, and if they are going to give Mitchell Trubisky the start of the beginning of the year and not let Nick Foles win the game in training camp, the team will start out hot against these two opponents because they're going to play bad teams. It'll be fool's gold, and it'll fall apart unexpectedly facing down the barrel of the hardest part of their schedule which again goes to the Rams, Saints at home, to the Titans, fight, uh, Vikings uh, at home, and then to the Packers. And the end of their year doesn't get any better. They end with the Texans, the Vikings, and the Packers in the last four weeks. So uh, this is a very fucking tough schedule for the Bears. And if they let Mitchell Trubisky, honest to God, start week one, they will not make the playoffs, even with an expanded playoff roster. Yeah, I, I need to correct myself for something I said uh, on the Lions. So the Lions didn't score the least amount of points in the division. It was the Bears. But given given the circumstances, I, I tend to think that if they have Nick Foles starting over uh, Trubisky, they, they could be sneaky 9-10 win team. And like you said, I don't like Nick Foles either. But if you go 8-8, eight and eight, and you score by far the least amount of points in the, in the division, um, and that's with Mitchell Trubisky, 
And I can only assume, like, I, I know that we just kind of shit on Nick Foles for a couple minutes, but if you compare Nick Foles to Mitchell Trubisky, you know, we're cooking with something now. We're cooking. Yeah, right. So if, if they're smart enough to start Foles from the go, then this team could be you know they could be sneaky good because nick Foles he's not a i don't think he's a game changer like if we're if the titans are going in to play a game against the bears i wouldn't be sitting there like oh no nick Foles, no you know but he's competent so which be, is something that I, I don't know if you could say that about trubisky you cannot say so, trubisky's competent you cannot do that. right if they're smart enough to give Foles the job in training camp in the preseason you know then we we could be looking at a nine-win team yeah not Nine ten win team, but it, like you said, if, if Trubisky's going to start until week five, and then they do the whole quarterback controversy thing, and then all of a sudden Nagy's going, oh, well, I think we want to switch things up and see what we got with Foles. If that's what's going to happen, they're they're not going to be any good. And that's what I that's what poor management does. That's what poor management does. To give you an idea of how piss poor the amount of points they scored was. Now, keep in mind, no serious major injuries. Mitch Trubisky played the whole year, right? So other teams that started their quarterbacks all year, uh, they were the lowest out of everyone who had a plan going into the season. Um, Teams that ranked lower than them in points, and their amount of points they scored was 280. The next, the Detroit Lions scored 341. You really have to understand how bad you were when you got outplayed by 61 points. But let's go a little deeper. Let's and, and no Matt Stafford. No Matt Stafford, right. So that's it. That's how bad you are. So let's go through. The NFC South, their lowest was 340. You're 60 away. We go to the NFC West. NFC West's lowest was 394 in the Rams. You were 104 points scored less than them. The Rams, who had a terrible year. 104 less points. Let's go to the yeah, NFC it East. It looks like the, the Cardinals were actually the lowest. But oh, 361. Eight, 60, no, 81. 80, 81 less than the Cardinals? 81 less than the Cardinals. The Redskins had 266. They went through multiple quarterbacks last year. Injuries, and they brought in Haskins, and they ended with 266. Horrible. In the AFC uh, side of things, the Jets finished with 276. Which Arnold had mono. They, they had a whole slew of things in the beginning of the year. The Broncos finished with 280. They started with Flacco, got hurt, brought in someone else, uh, brought in Drew, yeah, Lo- Drew Locke. The Steelers had multiple different starting quarterbacks. They finished with 289. And they were terrible so offensively. Letting the Steelers beat you in points is disgusting. <laughs> Hodges and uh, you know, what's, what's Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Uh, yeah, Ugh. right. And they scored more points. So then you've got the Bengals, who finished with 279. The Bengals, a mess of a team who lost every weapon imaginable, lost three starting linemen, and rotated quarterbacks all year long, scored one less point than you. Those are the teams that scored less points than Mitchell Trubisky's offense. And each one of them had multiple quarterback changes throughout the years. Some of them had coaches that were fired. And you barely scored more than them. That's just to give you an idea of how fucking bad that guy is. Now, going into the year, Mitchell Trubisky led the NFL in MVP votes. So... The public, you are all fucking dumb. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. What, what the hell did you just say to me? 
Mitchell Trubisky led the NFL in MVP votes. When? When was this? Preseason. Holy shit. I don't know where I was for that, but holy shit. Uh, sorry, not votes. Uh, bets. People put bets on Mitchell Trubisky being the MVP. Uh, he had more bets than anyone else. He was the hottest ticket. ESPN had him ranked in their top fucking five, like five uh, chances. Uh, ESPN had him in top I ten. I could understand it to a certain extent. Last last off season, he's coming off of an eleven and three season where he throws you know completion percentage sixty six percent, twelve touchdowns to or I'm sorry, twenty four touchdowns to twelve interceptions. But like the eye test clearly tells you, nah. Mitchell Trubisky is the most popular bet for NFL MVP. That was go. It was July first, two thousand nineteen, going into the season. People are on crack. Crack. You know, I w- I'm going to tell you this: Lamar Jackson was a dark horse too, but didn't get nearly the publicity as that shitty. I mean, here here were the top three. Just to give you an idea of how bad the public is, of this the MVP betting. Uh, these were, according to Caesar's Palace, at one point in time in the offseason, here were the top five players for MVP voting. Ready? Number one, Mitchell Trubisky. Number two, Baker Mayfield. Number three, Saquon Barkley. Tied with Saquon, Ezekiel Elliott. And number five, Derek Carr. If you, you want just named five players that didn't do a fucking thing last year. <laughs> you five players that I wouldn't even put in my top forty to be MVP. <laughs> just give you an idea of, of how bad people misevaluate things, but how much the quarterback is important because they ended up going eight and eight and that's gonna continue to go downhill. All right, any parting thoughts later before we wrap out of here? No, not really. I mean when it comes to the NFC South, I think ultimately it's going to be a battle between Green Bay and Minnesota, like it was last year. Yep. Uh, if Foles somehow turns up to be, you know, 2018 Foles uh, in Philly, then, you know, maybe we have a three-team race. But like we said, they better insert him in the lineup to start the year if they want to be involved down the stretch. Because if, if you wait till you're two and four, I don't see them having a, a Titans turnaround last year like the, the Titans did with Tannehill where he comes in and then suddenly they're, they're red hot. I, I don't know about all that, but I, I'm excited to see this division. I think it's going to be competitive. I think there's only one bad team in the division, and that's the Lions. And even the Lions can play like a 500 team if their quarterback's out there. So uh, I think this this will be a fun division. I don't think that you'll be able to call this division until the last you know week 17 or week 18. Are they adding an extra game this season? No, that's coming later. Okay, all right. So yeah, week 17. I, you know, I could see it being a battle coming down to the last you know two three weeks. I agree with you. All right, and that wraps it. Uh, Leo, people can find you pick and scroll hoops on Twitter, and they can find you online. Where at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at pick, the letter N, scroll. Uh, also, you can find me at pickandscroll.com. Sounds good. And you can find... I should, uh, should have a piece coming next week, actually, on the Buccaneers. Uh, Ooh, got awesome. the first piece cranked out on the Titans. Next up is going to be Tampa Bay. And you can find us on Spotify, Pick and Play. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Pick and Play 37. 
Uh, we appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, and as said, we're going to be bringing you a MJ Doc review next week, as well as the NFC East breakdown. So everyone, stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. Rate, subscribe, share, all that shit. All of it. Double it down. You ain't got nowhere to go.